welcome to the Nerd Party. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of the hosts, Asia Bonilla. And I'm the other and most beautifulest host, Charles Sheeland. And today we are finally diving into a new series, which is the Inkheart Trilogy by Cornelia Funke. We've been on hiatus from series lately, but we are back to our roots covering series. And this is technically a Charles suggestion since neither of us has read this series, but if you're confused because you're new to our show, we're a podcast on the Nerd Party Network, we're best friends, and we read and reread young adult books from our adolescence and share them with each other. And we've so far covered our main initial list that we started the show with, but now we're going into things that maybe stretch that definition a little bit and things we've wanted to read, things that maybe are younger, older, or less popular. So if you have a suggestion for something that we should cover in the next coming weeks, go ahead and reach out to us with it. Yeah, I think that we're ready for audience suggestions. Like we're, you know, planning the next few weeks and I think we're ready for audience suggestions, which would be awesome. And yes, I've never read these, but I really felt strongly that we should cover them. So I'm going to be the one to introduce them. This is a fantasy series by Cornelia Funke, originally written in German, but popularized internationally after being translated. And the books were published from 2003 to 2007. Well, actually, addendum to that, because it's a trilogy plus one, in that Funke released a fourth book in the fall of 2021. So that was 14 years after the final book, Ink Death, was published. So I guess there's a fourth book, though we're not going to cover that on the show. I don't even know if it's officially been translated into English yet. But the books have won a bunch of awards, and the first one was even turned into a movie, which, I looked this up, included Helen Mirren among a bunch of other stars. But like a lot of the books we've covered, the movies didn't really take off, so I think that the, only the first one was ever made. I've read some other Funka books. In fact, there's one that I read every year at Christmas. I have never read these, though, though they're definitely her most famous and Asia and I both have friends who were asking us when we would cover the Inkheart trilogy, and like when we told them we were reading it, they've been really excited about it. So here we are. So I'm blaming them for making us read this book, but anyway, <laughs> I'll get into I'll get into the summary now. So we start with a young girl named Meggie and her father, Mo, who live in a house of books, and Mo is a bookbinder. And a strange man named Dustfinger comes and tells them to come and escape with him to get away from someone named Capricorn and Basta. And they go to Mo's cousin-in-law, Eleanor, who is also crazy about books, only for Mo to end up being abducted. And Meggie decides to go after and get Mo back, at which point it's revealed that Dustfinger, Capricorn, and Basta are all characters in a book called Inkheart, and that Mo accidentally read his wife into the book and read them out. And now the characters are basically all chasing each other as Mo wants to get his wife out, and some of the characters want to get back into the book, and there's just a lot of things going on, so quite confusing. But... My impression of the first half of the book, if I'm being completely honest, 
I'm really not enjoying it so far. I don't really like any of the characters except maybe Eleanor. And I also just don't really know where the story is going. Also, I really hate everyone's names in this book, so that's definitely not helping its case. And I'll definitely get into how much I hate the name Maggie, but not quite yet. What about you, Charles? What were your first impressions? So it's definitely lackluster for me so far. I'm... It's not captured me the way that, like, people have always recommended it to me that I would. And I'm a sucker for fantasy, but, like, it's not even that fantasy. Well, we'll get into that. But, like, I'm, yeah, I'm not disliking it as much as you are, but I'm definitely not, like, enjoying it as much as I thought I was going to. So, like, so far we've been... Yes, there's been a little bit of magic in it, but, like, it's not been a lot. Like, it almost is, like, too realistic for it to be fantasy, but, like, not fantasy enough to be, like, exciting fantasy. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, so far, it just kind of feels like we're, like, kind of living in the real world, but, like, barely. But, like, the characters are very real world. And I also, like, it's just been story, plot, 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 which, you know, it's a younger book. I understand that, but, you know, for me, I'm, like, I like it when there's, like, a little bit of a theme, and so far, it's, like, children should read books. That's the theme. Yeah. But we'll get into that, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean where I say it's, like, too realistic, and so they're, like... It's definitely very realistic. Like, really, the only magical aspect we've got is that he's... Mo has this ability to read things out of books, but it hasn't really been like, fleshed out fully yet. So, like, it's kind of like we're just accepting it as fact. And and they're just traveling say, around Italy. Paperback. Like, they're just traveling we around love, Northern Italy. So it just, like, it doesn't yeah, feel... Yeah, like, we love world building. I feel like there hasn't really been much world building. So it's kind of like we're just accepting the few bits of magic as fact. And I don't know, maybe that's, like, rubbing me the wrong way. But I do know what you're saying about realistic. Like, they haven't really done anything, like, that fantastical besides that they're, like, talking to characters from a book but or even like sci-fi yeah like i don't know it like it just feels like it's not gone far enough in any direction yet which i think is kind of what i already said yeah i think i think how i'll which we'll talk about at the end of i just feel like there hasn't been like what's the purpose of the story like i feel like at this point we're halfway through a book we should know where the story's going like and okay well now we're gonna get into that so let's go we'll get to that at the end let's dive in so i say let's Let's go ahead and dive in then to the plot, which, like I said, right off of the bat, my first thing was, what kind of name is Maggie? Like, what a terrible name. It gives me the ick. Like, it's honestly worse than Lina, and we know I hate Lina. I changed her name to Lima Bean, but Maggie? I'm going to throw up right now just saying that name aloud. Okay. Maggie? Oh, my God. Well, I've been reading it as Maggie. Because it's German, and Maggie in German sounds bizarre. So, like... What does it sound like? Maggie. Like, that's not a that's name. still better than... So, whereas... That's still better than But, like, Maggie. there's no, like, Maggie in Eng- Maggie in English could be short for, like, Megan. But we don't... Like, in German, Megan is not a name. It's only Megan. And even then, that's, like, pretty a pretty rare name. And so... Maggie makes sense for as a nickname for that. 
but it doesn't translate very well to English because Maggie sounds horrible. So I've just been reading it as Maggie because, or like, yeah, that's why. Though my autocorrect, when I write down my notes, has been correcting it to Muggy, which is pretty funny. Even worse. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> they're like, that's not a name. I'm like, oh no, it's weather condition. Well, like we said, it's obviously a terrible name, but we do find out pretty quickly that Mo doesn't read aloud to Meggie because he has some sort of power to bring the stories to life. Well, we didn't know that he had the power to bring the stories to life until later, but um, I'm glad that you guessed that. I had no idea. Like, I was just like, it seems important that he can bring, that he doesn't read out loud, but I didn't put two and two together that, like... Well, I feel like I guessed that based off of what you told me and like what I had heard about the book was there are book characters that come out of books and it's literally on the back of the book. It says something about that. And the fact that he doesn't read aloud, I was like, well, he probably has some magical power because who just like never reads aloud to their child. That's kind of weird. Whereas what I'd heard about the books, I thought that it was something about like writing in the book that made it or like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I didn't figure it out. I'm stupid. Good for you. You figured it out. Great. So and then they get spooked by the appearance of this odd guy called Dustfinger, which is such a fantasy name. Anyway. And they go to cousin Terrible another terrible name. What does that even mean? Does he have dusty fingers? Like that's is disgusting. His name in the German, like Staubfinger? Like is it really just like dust finger in German? I don't know. Like they'll make it even worse to read. Like, also, because, I mean, yeah, it's being translated, so, like, maybe that's also why it's, like, just very odd to read. Like, maybe that's also why. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to find if my Google will let me. Well, on a side note, the evil person's name is Capricorn, which Charles is a Capricorn, so he is the evil person. I am a Capricorn. It is true. Well, anyway. We'll figure it out. I'll know it for next episode, because I'm sure we'll be dealing with these characters for a while. So they go to Cousin Eleanor because Mo has a book that this ominous evil Capricorn wants. And they're like, we can just hide it in her house because her house is basically built out of books. Except that Mo really didn't seem to have the best escape plan because he should have just left this magical book with Eleanor and ran. But... He doesn't do that, and he ends up getting kidnapped. And we find out pretty quickly after that all happens that Eleanor actually has the book. She had switched the books basically because she wanted to look at the book and, like, read it. So, and we also find out that Mo's capture was inevitable because Dustfinger actually ratted them out to Capricorn, so he was telling them where they were going. So he didn't really have a chance of running unless he would have ran away from Dustfinger. But so now, because Maggie's obviously distraught, her father's missing. She's like, we have to go and like give them the book so that we can get my dad back. So they're all driving to Capricorn's village to give him the book in exchange for Mo. Which feels like a pretty childish plan, but it does seem like Maggie, who is 12 years old, is truly the only person making decisions in this book. And she is a child, so I guess that would explain why her plans are childish. But before we do get to Capricorn's village, I had to mention again, because I wrote it again in my notes, that I read the name Maggie and threw up in my mouth. 
Because at this point, we're like 80 pages into the book and it's still bothering me. I don't think I'll ever get over it. Like, I think I'll never be able to love these books just because of that. Again, you could just read it as Maggie, but whatever. But that's like a lot of work. I will remind you that for six episodes of this podcast, I wrote Lina on our outline and you, in your brain, corrected it to Lima Bean. But I didn't do that while I was actually reading. I still read it as Lina as I was like going along through the reading process. I don't know. Really? I didn't read it as Lima Bean in my head. That's too much work. That's longer. Okay, but Maggie is the same as Maggie, so... Yeah, yeah, We'll see. We'll see if I make a distinction by next episode. But back to the story, which at this point I had some theories which were either right or pretty close to being right, and I want credit for them. So number one is, at this point I was theorizing that Maggie's mom is maybe a fictional character from a book, and like that's why she's not around, because... Her dad fell in love with this fictional character who had to, like, go back in the book. But that's not what it was. And number two is that my other theory was that if Capricorn is a fictional character that came out of Inkheart, he probably wants Mo to come and read more things aloud from the book so that he can get more of his people or more things that he left behind in his story. Which, it turns out, the second one's right and the one was, like, kind of close. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely talk about both those in a second, but kudos to you, like, in advance for having those theories, because, again, I didn't theorize anything. Like, I was like, no, we're moving so fast to this plot, it's gonna happen, whatever. But, back to Maggie. Terrible. We also find out that she has terrible judgment, which I will give her a break because she's only 12 years old, but she literally has, like, this whole thought process of how she has to trust Dustfinger, like, she's choosing to trust him, and I was like, that seems like the stupidest idea alive, and what do you know, like we already said, Dustfinger literally was talking to Capricorn, giving him their location, like, he's absolutely the one person you do not want to trust. And Eleanor is like, you can't trust him. And she's like, I'm going to trust him. Stupid. Yeah. No, you're right. So then they get to Capricorn's village and they also get taken captive. But now at least we do get some explanations. Finally. Took us 15 chapters and over 100 pages for us to finally get an explanation about what is going on in this book. Yeah. So do you want to explain about the book within the book? Yeah, so basically, we find out that Dustfinger, Capricorn, Basta, and Gwyn, which is Dustfinger's little, like, horned Martin, they all came out of this book named Inkheart, Book Inside a Book. And basically, Mo, when Maggie was, like, a baby, like, two years old or something, he was reading from this book aloud. He used to read aloud all the time, and he was reading with Maggie's mother, And basically, as he was reading, all of a sudden Capricorn, Basta, and Dustfinger, like, appeared in his home out of nowhere. And then Maggie's mom and their two cats got, like, sucked into Inkheart and just disappeared into thin air. So basically, like, the rules of this magic is basically if he reads something out, something has to go back, something has to go in to, like, take its place. But he doesn't really have any control over what comes out versus what goes in. So again... That's fine, but 
I don't know, not enough of an explanation, but it is the only the first half of the book. Yeah. And I would say that, like, at this point, I think we can both agree that at some point there's going to be at least a discussion about getting the mom out of the book. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, I would hope so, in three books that we'll get to meet her or get an explanation of what happened to her. But for more importantly, in the present moment, we also actually find out that Mo has been able to read things out of these stories since he was a kid, but he had only brought non-living things, so usually objects out into the real world, but it wasn't until he read Capricorn Boston Dustfinger as an adult that he was actually able to like bring a person or like or an animal, like something that's alive out of the book and like therefore replaced with something else that was living. So that's obviously a whole nother level to the magic. And that's why he doesn't read out loud anymore, because he doesn't know what's gonna get sucked out. Yeah. And we find out that Capricorn, among many reasons, wants Mo to read him some wealth, which does work. But it also brings out a little boy out of the Arabian Nights. It's the Arabian Nights, right, I think. And so, like, again, Mo has brought, like, another human out of the story. And, like, this kid is going through, you know, cultural shock since he was a fictitious character in the Middle East and now is in, like, Northern Italy. Anyway, so all of our protagonists, so that's Dustfinger, Eleanor, Mo, Maggie, and Farid, the child, they are able to escape Capricorn's village because Dustfinger has once again switched sides. He's now working for them. And all of the copies of Inkart except Capricorn's own are burned while they're there because. Capricorn wants to control, like, whether or not characters from his world get read into our world, etc. You know, he doesn't want, basically doesn't want to let Dustfinger go, stuff like that. He basically wants to control the path of characters, I guess. But our protagonists do make a successful getaway out of his village. Yes, so at this point, it's kind of hinted that Mo, the whole reason he's been holding on to Inkart and everything is because obviously his wife is trapped in there. He loves her. He misses her. He wants to eventually get her out. And after they escape, obviously, to their knowledge, the only copy left now of Inkart is the one Capricorn has. So it's kind of, again, hinted at that possibly Mo is thinking about going back to Capricorn which for me, this is where, like I said, I really am like not liking and not connecting with any of the characters because if Mo is actually thinking of going back to Capricorn after they escape to get the book back, not only do I think he is an idiot, but he's also a terrible father because his 12-year-old daughter, Maggie, just went through the most traumatic time, I would guess, of her life. They were literally locked in a cell and had to sleep on like hay and they she multiple times watched her father get threatened like with a knife and a gun and she herself was threatened with a knife and a gun so like definitely a very traumatic experience and at this point if all he's worried about is going back to get this book you know 
to try to get his wife back when he doesn't even know how to get his wife back. I just feel that that is just absolutely not like having the right priorities because I don't really care how much he misses his wife. You always put your child first. And I also just think it's really like selfish when he doesn't even know how he's going to get her out of the book because he is literally, he literally has no control over his power and has no way of like, from based on what we've read, he doesn't seem to like know any way of like learning about this power, getting better at it, gaining control over it. So like to me to put your child in danger over that would be like absolutely ridiculous. I don't know if that's just me. No, I think that's fair. I was also, I felt similarly when it was indicated that he might go back. I was not about that because he's had a book for nine years that since his wife vanished, like, and he hasn't been able to get her out yet. So it would be irresponsible to put Maggie in danger. Also, because it has been indicated that Capricorn wants Maggie for himself Unclear to what purpose. Maybe he thinks Maggie can also be a reader. Maybe he has another theory, but like. I thought that he just wanted Maggie because by having her. For leverage. He knows that he can control. Yeah, he's the leverage to control Mo because obviously he's not going to deny anything if she's at risk of getting hurt. Yet he's willing to put her in more danger. Like, so yeah. Well, luckily Mo does the right thing. He's going to try to go to the author of the book, author of Inkart rather than go back to Capricorn. And before we move on, huh, I should mention this, during their getaway, Basta does catch up to them, and Basta's like the big hulking bodyguard for Capricorn. Um, and he gets tricked by Dustfinger. Dustfinger ends up taking Basta's luck charm. It's just something he hangs around his neck. Just like, as a fantasy person, I tell you this will be important at some point i don't know what it is but it's going to be brought up it's going to be mentioned again it's like very fantasy like this i expect this will be important at some point so just gotta mention that now so that you know when we talk about it probably next episode we haven't forgotten about it okay i sure i sure hope it comes back something interesting i mean i would hope Again, otherwise, like, because it got mentioned beforehand, and then we have a scene where Dustfinger goes back to get it. So if it doesn't come back, that would just be bad writing. Anyway, also, I did that just because this is an audio medium. I did that thing where you, like, cough in your hand and you say the word, and hopefully you could tell that through the podcast. But if not, you just thought I, like, learned, forgot how to speak for two seconds. Anyway, I'm going to move on now. So... They're traveling to the author, Fenolio, and Maggie admits that she wants to have Moe's power of reading things out of books. Isn't the author's name Fenoglio with a G in there? It's or pronounced the Fenolio. Is that why you spelled it like that in the outline yes. so I wouldn't mess it up? Wow, yes. and I went in and changed it because I was like, he's trying to mess with me. Are you going to keep that in the audio of the podcast? I'll keep that in because... I did when I was reading the, when I was reading the outline. I was like, "Why did Charles change the spelling?" I did that for you. Wow. Because it's Fenolio. The G L in Italian becomes the Y sound. Fenolio. Like, like Bologna, like B O L O G N A. Like, like Bologna. Yes. <laughs> Correct. 
you don't say Blobney. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I changed the spelling of the character for you. They go to the author, Fenolio. I'm still going Maggie- to mispronounce it. Okay, I'm just going to move on to the ethical quandary. Maggie says she wants to have the power of reading things out of books, which is quite the ethical quandary, I think. Asia, what are your thoughts on this? Well, so when she says this, like, obviously it makes sense. She wants to be special like her dad, and she also loves books. So why wouldn't she want to bring stories to life? But it's definitely an extremely selfish desire, but she is only 12, so it's somewhat understandable, but... My, I was a little bit more against it in a little bit, but I won't say why until then. Yeah, I'm against it in, but I don't think that Mo kind of gets like snippy with her about it. He's like, why would you want this? And he didn't give her a good example because he's like, the reason you don't have a mom is because of this. But Maggie has said a couple times that like she misses the idea of her mom, but she doesn't really, it's not that she doesn't care because that's not what I mean, but like. Because she's never had a mom, she doesn't know to miss her mom. She doesn't know. Yeah, she to doesn't care. know what she's missing. So like. So it's a, yeah. like when Mo's like, "Your mom is not here because of that." She's like, "Okay, like I've never had a mom. Like I don't know how I'm <laughs> supposed to feel about that. Like I'm twelve. Like I, it's not like you know a twelve year old is particularly well trained in sympathy and definitely not in empathy. So she can't." Like, know what it means. Like, what Mo should have, should have said is, like, but if you have this power, like, what if you and I were, you were reading to me one day and I vanished? Because she completely relies on him. But, yeah, like, Tim be like, your mom's not here. She's like, she's never been here. <laughs> anyway, I, like, it's, I, unless they can learn more about it, it's clearly, like, a dangerous thing. That's what I'll say for now. Okay, so, well, now they're with Fenolio, the author, and they find out that Dustfinger dies at the end of the book, and Basta and Capricorn survive. And so this is where, again, I'm trying to, like, make some theories here, but I was thinking maybe Fenolio writes a sequel for Inkart, and that's how they're able to, like, put those characters back into the story or something, like... Just because it seems like he's going to be involved now in the story, maybe the author has something to do with it, of him being able to, like, pull the the mom out or something. But hearing all about this, I ultimately really feel bad for Dustfinger because he does find out, like, they end up telling him that he's going to die in the book, and Maggie's like, that's why you can't go back in the book, because you'll die. Like, you have to stay here so you can be safe. And... All Dustfinger wants is to return back to his story, even if he's going to die in it, because he'll never belong, like, in our world, like, in the normal, on Earth, human world. Like, he wants to be back in his home. Meanwhile, at this point, like we said, Maggie is kind of wishing she could have the same power as Mo to, you know, displace even more characters out of their story, which, like I said, is extremely selfish. So I feel like once... For me, while I was like, which I don't know if Maggie like has that feeling again of like she wishes she has the power after that moment with Dustfinger. But I was like, at that point, if she's still feeling that way, that's really showing how selfish she's like thinking. Because, okay, I could see you like want to have the power because she talks about, you know, she wants to be able to like experience the story with the characters. But like even not talking about how you were saying like, oh, what if Mo gets sucked into the story from her doing it? 
But what about all these characters? You're taking them literally away out of out of their homes, away from their family and friends and people they care about, and they have no way of going back. Like at this point, like they don't know how to like put people back into the story. Like I just feel like that's even for a twelve year old, pretty terrible way to think of like that's all you care about. But again, just goes to the point of like I really haven't connected with any of the characters so far, except Eleanor. <laughs> well, also like when she's like, you can't go back because you'll die in the story. I'm like, well, he'll die in the world too. Like, like, I mean, I think he should be allowed to go back to his story. Like when she's like, like, it's not even a good argument that like, he can't, he sh- that like, he should stay in our world because like, he could die in our world too. Right. Like, but I mean, I like guess it's body. the idea of like, obviously going back into his story, it's guaranteed that he's going to die, like, at this age or whatever, at this certain time, whereas obviously staying in this world, you have more of a gamble of, like, how long will you live? But she's not taking into account the idea of, like, what if you were put into a world that, like, you have nothing about, you don't know anything about the technology, you don't know anybody there, the world literally works differently, you don't have any skills, like, how is he going to get a job? All he knows is, like, how to eat fire and, like, juggle, like, that's not how you get a job in the modern world so she's not i mean again she's a kid so she's not taking like all these things into account like does he have like i don't know does he have to get like a driver's license like there's so many other things that like go into like just jumping into this world no he can drive but yes but like you need a passport like how do you travel like this isn't like i'm assuming the story's coming from like it's kind of like older historical times late 20th century is when it's late 20th century because they have an rv no, no, no. I'm saying of, like, when Inkart, like, the oh, Inkart within in the Inkart. Yeah. I'm it's, saying, like, that's obviously, like, in- medieval or, like, it's an older time period, like, where there were Definitely. no cars, no technology. Yeah, where you have, where you have fire-eating court jesters. Exactly. So I'm saying, like, he's coming from that time period to be thrown into, like, the modern-day world. Maybe not our modern-day world, but still, like, a modern-day world where there's modern technology and stuff. Like, that's really overwhelming, so, I mean, I agree with you. I'm saying, like, I don't think that she's thought it through that well. I agree. I'm agreeing. So, anyway, after this, then, we find, or we're, like, getting hints, more hints from Mo, dear God, that he has some sort of master plan, possibly, maybe to, like, get his wife back, that he's going to, like, talk to Fanolio about, like, he wants to talk to him about it, but he hasn't told Maggie anything, which... I understand, like I said, that Mo wants to find his wife. And if he has a plan for that, that's great. But keeping it from Meggie is just stupid at this point. Like, from the beginning of the book, the fact of him, like, trying to keep secrets from her just, like, makes no sense to me. Like, I could see if she was, like, how he talks about, like, she's just a kid. Like, she's 12 years old. And and he's basically raised her like an adult. Like Yeah, which is what happens a lot of times when you're raised by a single parent. Because you have to take on more responsibility. And... Yes, it's unfortunate you don't want to have to do that maybe for the kid, but, like, it wouldn't you rather your kids are prepared and, like, than, like, sheltered? I don't know. But also just, like, for me, I just feel like him doing this, the fact is it's clear that Maggie is, like, curious and she's going to want to find out. So her, like, trying to figure out what he's doing is only going to slow his plan down. So it, like, just doesn't make any sense. And like I said, she's 12 years old. She's not five. And she literally was just locked up in a cage, threatened with a knife, threatened with a gun, watched Mo get threatened with a knife, threatened with a gun. And she did not have a mental breakdown. So I think that she could handle whatever this plan is that he has going on. Like, 
I just don't understand why he's trying to keep her out of the loop when she's inevitably going to be involved. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you. I think that is a shortcoming of Moe's, like his desire to protect her because it's blinding him. Like, and yeah, he really has raised her to be like an adult, not just because she has more responsibilities, but like she's probably read more books than most 12 year olds. Like she's very like worldly educated, I guess is one of the ways to think about it. And she always hangs around adults. She's always around adults and she's quite like, decorous like she has good decorum especially for a 12 year old like she's she's able to take whatever plan he has especially because again she like yeah it's just like yeah it's it's short-sighted mo because like you said she's gonna try to figure it out anyway so what's the point i guess for me i think i'm just extremely frustrated with because i'm thinking of like other books or even just like how we've talked about Meggie, like having that selfish desire or like trusting Dustfinger when she clearly shouldn't. But like Meggie's a child. And to me, like when the adults in the story are shown as like not being very smart, like I don't know why that's like extremely frustrating to me because I don't know, maybe it's like a young adult book. Like I'm expecting like the kids to grow. But I don't know because I'm thinking like in other stories, like like just like in The Maze Runner when Thomas was being stupid, you're like, okay, well, he's still only a teenager. But, like, Mo's supposed to be, I'm guessing, what, in, like, his 30s? Like, he's a full-grown adult. He's got to be at least in his 30s, yeah. And he's acting like an idiot. Like, Tell him, sister. That's the second time I've said that this episode. Okay, we need to move on. But, yes, I take your <laughs> point. And so we're at the end. We find out that Capricorn's team has burned down Eleanor's library. So that's sick because burning books is a slippery slope to the end of culture. And mm-hmm. Basta has... Ca- oh, maybe There's our theme. Our theme is children should read books and don't burn them because then you won't learn about the world and then you'll make bad historical comparisons to the present day. Sorry, we're going to start moving into current affairs, so we need to move on. And Basta has captured Maggie and basically because, like, he's been tracking them. And, like, he's, we finished with, like, her cornered by Basta. So, like, what a cliffhanger. Another reason to be, like, what an idiotic adult Mo is. Like, I mean, I was, For I think leaving I, her alone in an Italian village. Yeah, leaving probably. her alone. Also the idea of they're literally like, what, two towns over from like Capricorn's village. Like, and Meggie, like, okay, I was getting so angry because Meggie is like, can we leave? Like, as soon as they got to safety, she's like, let's go with Eleanor to her home. You know, that's like a day's travel away so that we can just get farther and farther because the reality is like, they need to be on the run. Like, I don't know why they're hanging out like in the same area. Like, they're just asking to get captured again, which, oh, look what happened. They get captured again. But I was just really frustrated. Like, again, I understand he wants to get his wife back, but to me, like, He's a full adult, and he is just making terrible decisions. And it's not terrible decisions that are just affecting him. It's affect- affecting his 12-year-old daughter who has no say in the matter. Like, he doesn't deserve to be a parent at this point. Like, I'm really disappointed. Dang. Okay. Well, that's harsh, but again, I, th- I, I mean, I, t- I take he your point. He literally left point. her alone, and she gets captured, and he doesn't. 
because he is not thinking about her at all. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I take your point. I take your point. I agree. I agree. I'm moving on. But I think based off of these thoughts and what we've just talked about, I think people will understand why I haven't really been enjoying the book so far. Yeah. Whereas I've truly not thought that deeply about it. I've just been like, we're driving. We're getting off the road. We're burning some books. We're driving. We're in another Italian village. Wow. I wish I was in Italy right now. Let's go to Italy right and maybe now. it's too, it just feels like repetitive because We're driving they along. got captured. Well, yeah, they, they left their home like to be on the run. Then they got captured. Then they escaped. Now they've gotten captured again. So in the second half of the book, what, Mo, Eleanor are going to go save them. Then they're going to be on the run again. Like, and that's the whole first book. Like, well, again, yeah, I haven't, we'll find out. So what are your thoughts so far? I know besides what you've already said, don't repeat, don't. Don't repeat that you hate the name Maggie. No, I won't repeat that till next episode. But first thought is that near the end of the reading, they mention, they talk about the shadow, which is like, I don't know if it's like a dog. I feel like it was described as like an animal or something like Capricorn's pet or was it a person? I thought it was a person, but it's kind of described as like a pet. So that could be a pet person. Like, maybe it's, like, a dog person because, I mean, this is, like, could be, like, a fantasy book, like, some kind of creature maybe. But anyway, they describe it as the shadow, which I'm assuming why Capricorn kept one copy of Inkheart is because he wants Mo to, like, come back and be able to read out his friend slash pet thing named the shadow. So that's something that I have a thought that I'm assuming we'll get maybe in the next half of the book. And then finally, for final thoughts, which I've kind of briefly touched on, but I think for me why I'm ultimately not invested in the story yet is because, like I said, I feel like we don't know what the goal of the story is. I feel like in most of the books we've read, there's some sort of established goal, at least within the first half of the book. Like, the Maze Runner, they're escaping the maze. The Hunger Games, they're in the Hunger Games. I'm trying, like... Twilight, she's dating a vampire. Like, I don't know. It's just like the story is like established. Golden Compass, she's going on. to go catch her friends in the north. Like she's going to get her friends back. Yeah. Yeah. Like we've recovered a lot of books, so I can't think of them all off the top of my head. Or even no, like I'm, I'm Nicholas Flamel. They're like trying to like run away from people. I, I don't remember because it's been a while now. Like give her, like escape the community or like learn about the community and therefore escape. But like, I'm just saying, like, at some point in the story, like there's a light bulb that goes off of like this is the goal. I feel like that's a pretty regular theme. Maybe not in like always like in stories, but definitely in young adult books, like especially some of these more like fantastical adventure books that we're reading, like they're going to have a goal. They have to overcome conflict, whatever. Whereas I feel like so far in this story, I'm not really sure like what is the overall conflict? Like what is the climax going to be? Because I feel like there's a couple things that presented, like we said, the wife's missing. They want to get the wife back. But to me, based on what's been presented, I don't think that's something that's going to get solved in this book. I feel like since this is a series, it's going to get solved later. Another issue, they're dealing with Capricorn and Basta. This hasn't something to me. I also don't think that it's been established that they're going to defeat them by the end of this book. Like, it's just not really clear. Also, like, is it possible that Mo could, like, figure out his power? Could Meggie get access to this power? Like, none of that's been established. So to me, I just think, like, as a reader, to be... Literally, we're 30 chapters in, halfway through the book, a little bit past halfway, and I have no idea how the book's going to end, which, like, some people, maybe they're like, that's exactly what I want. I want to have no idea what's going on yeah. <laughs> the whole time. 
But for me, I just like I just can't get that invested in the story when one, I don't really enjoy any of the characters, so I'm not like connected emotionally to any of them. And two, I don't really understand where the plot is going. It's just hard for me to like fully like dive into it wholeheartedly and like enjoy it. I don't know if you feel that way about it, Charles. Again, I don't think I've thought that deeply about it in air quotes, but I totally agree with your point. I agree with your point that like there hasn't been like a hook of like, and I'm not saying that hook always has to be like action, but like, yeah, like what you said for Twilight, like we didn't have an essential conflict beside like, I mean, obviously like eventually it's like she's being tracked and like that has to get resolved. But like there was like, we're, we're dealing with, the ramifications of a vampire dating a person we didn't like and that left options for more books but like you felt like they were like getting them together like i don't know it just yes i totally take your point that like i don't know where we're gonna go with the second half of this book i have no idea other than we'll probably go to another italian village (laughs) yeah i guess and for me, like, I agree. I take your point. I take your point that that's not, like, a, it's not going to draw you in the same way. Yeah, and I guess for me, like, and maybe it's just, like, what we've read so far hasn't been interesting enough to, like, hook me on its own. Like, I need some sort of, like, driving force for the story for me to be, like, okay, now I'm, like, with you and I can understand it. Which, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of fantasy, as I mentioned so many times. But, like, we even said, like, I really don't think it's even been that fantastical, like... It's really just been, like, all rising action. Like, honestly, like, it's, to me, it's more, like, been character development. Like, we really haven't gotten, like, besides the the few moments we have of Mo reading things out of the book, which is very few, it's really just been, like, all set in the real world, I feel like, establishing characters. And I guess I'm not satisfied with the characters that have established and the relationships that have been established. Like I said, I think that Moe's been really selfish, isn't really putting Maggie first. I think Maggie to me is, I guess, she has the most potential because she is like the kid in the story, has the room to grow. But she hasn't really done anything yet to like make her that interesting. Eleanor, like I've mentioned before, she's probably the only character I genuinely enjoy is because she's kind of like the sassy, like, comic relief character which is like fine but still like not that deep character you like want to dive into yeah like yeah so i don't know i i think that that's i think that's valid and maybe that'll change the next episode maybe not but we'll we'll see um i did finally get my i was able to finally switch my google chrome over to german and yes, the characters' names are the same in German, except Dustfinger is translated to the German word for dust and the German word for finger put together. Everyone else's name is the same. Um, but yeah, well, we'll, we'll we're going to finish Encart for next week. So if you do read along, go ahead and finish this book. Read it all the way to the end. And yeah. Can I just say one more thing? Of course. I think, and one last thing for why I feel like I've been a little disappointed is I feel like when, like, at some point I looked up the book to, like, look up the number of chapters to, like, plan how much we were going to read, and I feel like a lot of things, like, just in, like, the headlines, we're comparing this, like, to Harry Potter, which 
in case you didn't know, Charles is a huge Harry Potter fan, and I have read the series once, but this is in no way a comparison to Harry Potter. So I I don't know if it's going to get better, but I don't know how you feel about that, Charles. I don't know if you knew that, but I feel like a lot of things I read was like, this was a book that's like recommended to Harry Potter fans, which based on what we read, like there's no way I would finish this book if I was a huge Harry Potter fan so far based off of what we've read. Yeah, it's absolutely nothing like Harry Potter. So far. Because I nothing. feel like Harry Potter, I mean, Harry Potter is exciting from the first page. Like, I feel like it's so interesting, whereas, like, this is not that at all. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Harry Potter, like, you go into the magic. The fun fact, Harry never casts a single spell in the first book, but there's still magic. Like, you still feel transported to the magic right away. But anyway, but also it's just maybe it's the lack of other children because if this is supposed to be young adult, more like children's series, it's just a bunch of adults acting like children, like acting stupid. <laughs> maybe that, maybe that's ultimately what it is. Maybe that's why I'm not enjoying it because it's a bunch of like adults acting like kids. And so like as a child, you might enjoy that. But as an adult, I'm like, like get it together. Like you're the adult. <laughs> Maggie's the only one who has an excuse. No, no one else has an excuse. So maybe that's why it's not made for adults. Well, but anyway, I just hopefully it'll get better next week because I agree that neither of us has like chomping at the bit to keep going, but we're going to do it for our dear listeners. (laughs) Yes. So that was all I wanted to say, but my eyes are really big right now. Y'all sorry. (laughs) So finish in cart for next week. If you do read along. Yes. And if you have any predictions, theories, or questions, remember that you can always stay in touch with us about anything on the nerd party website. You can head over to nerdparty.com slash contact and select throwback paperback. You can send us an email there and get in touch with the network on Twitter at join nerd party or on Instagram at the nerd party or facebook.com slash the nerd party. And to find me, I'm at Asia Bonia on Twitter and TikTok, and at Asia.bonia on Instagram. And I'm at C.E. Sheeland on Twitter and more actively at Seashells on Instagram. And as always, remember to rate and review the show, share it with your friends, and of course, check out the other awesome podcasts that we have here in the Nerd Party Network. And subscribe so you don't miss us next week when Asia rips this book another one. Gotta do it. But also remember that if you have any series or books that you want us to cover in the next couple of weeks, next couple of months, feel free to reach out through any of those social media channels or through email. But as always, hit the subscribe button and have a good one. We will see you next week. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.